today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to talk about digital and uh, the impact that it's having. Look, let's face it, uh, because of the pandemic and especially the length of the pandemic, we are relying on uh, digital services more and more for things like meetings, Zoom meetings and things of that nature, uh, but also for health delivery. Uh, because it, it's problematic oftentimes uh, for having face-to-face with physicians and to get health care advice. And uh, companies have had to pivot to be able to do something about this. And digital mental health is, is a growing uh, area right now because of the concerns with the pandemic, etc. The mental health itself is a growing concern. Joining us to talk about this and, uh, and how this is being uh, handled is uh, Joe Bromley. Joe is a mental health uh, expert. He's a vice president of mental health, as, as a matter of fact, at Green Shield Canada. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could hop on with us here today. Thanks for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. Let me ask you, before we get into the, the depth of what you guys are doing, it's because it's a fascinating program, were we moving in this direction anyway? I mean, had, had folks at Green Shield decided we're going to have to develop something, we're going to have to need a template for this? So, yeah, we, we saw it coming, but we saw it coming further down the line. So Green uh-huh. Shield, in, in our view, has been at the leading edge in terms of developing a variety and working with a variety of different digital health care providers. So we were building out a digital health ecosystem prior to the pandemic, but we didn't expect to see a major spike in adoption and utilization likely until probably 2024 2025 we wanted to get ahead of the game but it wasn't quite there yet but what we've seen over the last year was a a rapid acceleration of adoption and utilization of these services well uh, that's interesting to know because obviously you know because of this and the length of the pandemic uh, a lot of companies uh kind of got caught and figured hey you know we're, we've got a blank sheet here what, what are we going to do but that anticipation and that that planning for the future has to be a key part of this so you you guys were ready willing and able weren't you absolutely um so we were able to pivot to digital services quite quickly we built up a very robust uh like i said digital health ecosystem almost a digital clinic per se for our members um just because we've been doing so much work in this space and then uh, just prior to the pandemic, we'd actually started investing in, in a number of these high-growth companies that were entering into the space and recently made a couple of acquisitions, including a company called Inkblot Therapy. Mm-hmm. That's a leading player in the digital mental health space. So we felt we felt uh, quite ready and well-equipped to service uh, organizations in this, in this state, but it de- definitely happened very quickly. Talk to us about your partners, because none of these things work unless there are partnerships. And, and obviously, yeah. you've had to reach out and, and develop these partnerships, some of which already existed, and, and, and you're progressing together, I guess, as you go down this road. Yeah, so we, you know, what, we, what we looked at from a mental health perspective is we wanted to cover off a couple of different areas. I mean, maybe just taking a quick step back, Bill, like the mental health system in general is a mess in Canada. Like There are yeah. a lot of challenges right now for people that are seeking out help. I mean, I think we've done a good job of busting stigma to an extent. People are more willing to discuss mental health issues, but when they actually look for help uh, and the pressure builds, there isn't a lot for them right now, and they're often left to their own devices to figure it out. Um, so what we did on the mental health side was, you know, we, we, we acquired Inkblot, which does digital employee assistance programming, virtual therapy, clinic practice management. We also invested in a company called MindBeacon that delivers internet cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. And we've worked with other digital health providers like uh, Maple, which is a telemedicine provider. And we're trying to integrate these services as best we can so that it's a similar experience to when you go into a a family health team, right, where you're jumping to different types of services. We want to make the experience feel as seamless as possible uh, to replicate what that in-person experience was like before the pandemic. So we've we've built very deep partnerships with a lot of organizations um, over the last two years. 
does does it expedite matters? Because one of the biggest concerns, of course, with the delivery of mental health, and you're absolutely right, Joe, is is wait times. In other words, you might be diagnosed, so you might reach out and seek help and say, "Look, I need some assistance here." Well, we don't have anybody available. You have to wait six months for an appointment, uh, and and even when you do that, uh, there may well be well a, a reference to and, and a referral to another uh, expert in that field. Well, that might be another three months. Does the, the digital aspect of this expedite the process? It does. Um, and you're totally right, though. Like, uh, I mean, in, in large city centers like Hamilton, London, Toronto, Ottawa, I mean, like the wait times are, are ridiculous. If you're trying to get access to the public system, in some cases, mm-hmm. you're waiting up to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're trying to access private mental health care, um, it may be available earlier, but it's going to be incredibly expensive. So face-to-face psychotherapy, uh, face-to-face cognitive behavioral therapy often costs up to $2,000, sometimes $3,000. In the case of an ink blot, for instance, um, you get access to a clinician within 24 to 48 hours. Um, wow. give you an immediate That's a difference. A big, a big difference, right? With, with MindBeacon on the ICBT front, they're offering you access to a clinician typically in four to five days. Um, so, you know, what these guys have done is, and part of it is because it's digital, you could be based out of Hamilton, but you got access to a clinician in North Bay if they're available. Sure, yeah. Right? So you're not stuck, to, stuck with finding somebody within your kind of catchment area. So they've been able to take advantage of, of the geographic depth of our clinical network in, in, in Ontario. Uh, and then in the case of Inkblot, because of the practice management business, they also have some level of control and oversight and insight into calendars um, of clinicians. So they've done a, a better job of finding free, free hours here and there to make sure that people get rapid appointments. Yeah, I was looking at some of the uh, the data here, and you mentioned Inkblot, and uh, the, the the information I saw here says uh, that they've grown more than 400% in the past year. Uh, and I found that an interesting stat, actually, Joe, because when I'm looking at things like, uh, the, well, people that are accessing the kids' helpline uh, and a number of other uh, support mechanisms, the numbers there are three to 400% increases. So obviously Inkblot's kept right up with that. They have. I mean, they've, they've had to scale. Like they've gone from sure. kind of a startup type of business, you know, three, four years ago to, to a high growth, rapid growth business. So they've, they've been hiring, they've been scaling up, they've been building their clinical network. But it's, uh, it's, it's incredible what, what's happened in that space, right? And, um, you know, from the employee side of things, like they've been able to take on some pretty significant employers over the last year, too, obviously, because they've had to deal with the challenges of not having in-person care available to their employees. So they've kept up, but I, we're seeing it across the board. Like, it's not, I mean, Inkblot's seen rapid growth. Beacon's seen a ton of growth. Um, even some of the other players that are entering the space are seeing two to 400% growth. It's, um, you know, I, I call it the pandemic after the pandemic. Like the residual impacts on people's mental health coming out of this is going to be long-reaching. And um, I think the growth we've seen in that space just over the last year is going to be amplified and accelerated even in the future years to come. Yeah, this is not going to fade away, is it? I mean, you know, we're hoping that we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel and, uh, you know, doors are going to open again and business is going to pick up again and, and that's fine, uh, which will present itself with another set of problems. And, and you know, once you've developed that, that portal for people to say, look, it, I, I need some help here, some assistance, uh, they're going to be leaning on this just as much, if not more, in the future. Absolutely. I mean, the the, the, the statistics that we're seeing right now are pretty staggering Besides, like aside from the demand we're, we're seeing from people and from employers and others but you know we're right now we're seeing four times as many canadians reporting higher levels of anxiety to before the uh, pandemic two times as many canadians reporting higher levels of depression in the employee space almost half of employees are seriously considering leaving their current role because of clinical burnout and mental health as the leading drivers uh, and then longer term we're expecting to see three-plus uh, three years of elevated mental health impact, up to 2.6-fold increases in mental health-related visits to professionals, and an up to 20% increase 
and antidepressant prescriptions coming out of this. So like it, it it's serious. And if and if the system isn't equipped to handle it, like we're going to have to find uh, unique ways to make sure that people get the services. So you know, to me, what we need to see coming out of this is not just you know private providers like us and Inkblot and Beacon and others stepping up, but we need governments to also step up and truly build a uniform and integrated system to help people uh, because it's going to get it's going to get worse. Uh, as sad sure. as that is to say. Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm my, no, my information is going to be anecdotal because I haven't done the, the statistical research on this like you guys have, but I'm getting the sense that employers themselves are starting to sense that this is a growing concern and that they have to pay more attention and, and put more effort into this as well. Uh, you're there on the front lines. Is, 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 is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah. So based on our most recent uh, plan sponsor survey, um, just under 60% of, uh, of employers that, that we work, th- work with are intending to invest more in digital health and digital mental health for the next couple of years. And that's, that's up almost 20% uh, from previous studies that I've seen. Um, the amount of organizations building integrated, coordinated mental health strategies is way up compared to what we would have seen two, three years ago. Uh, and I think part of this is if, if we're going to continue to see cracks in the publicly funded system, employers feel like they have to step in to some extent to keep their employees happy, healthy, and productive in the workplace. So, yeah, you're totally right, Bill. Um, your anecdotal evidence is backed up by the data that, uh, that like this is becoming a big priority for, for employers across the country. Joe, what kind of feedback are you getting from uh, from the providers themselves? I mean, I'm talking about the people uh, ink, at Inkblot, the, the therapists. I mean, we talked about stress levels in the workplace. The, the stress level is significantly higher for the people that are delivering this service right now. I've, I've talked to therapists that, you know, the caseloads are just off the map right now, uh, and they're saying, look, at, I, I, I need more help here. Well, you can't just snap your finger and have 25 more therapists there, but this gives access to, to the existing market that's there, uh, and it's got to take some of the pressure off them, I would think. I would hope so. I think, you know, one of the challenges therapists have, have had to deal with the last couple of years is oftentimes they're an afterthought, right? Everybody talks about yeah. system creation, you know, they talk about, you know, uh, how much money is going where in the system, uh, but nobody's really asked psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapists, MSWs, what they want out of the system and what they require. And it's a big part of what we're going to be trying to do at, at Green Shield in partnership with, with Inkblot and, and other parts of our digital health ecosystem. How can we develop solutions that best serve their interests as well? And I think one of the things therapists want help with is how can they get their services to the right patient at the right time? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think digital solutions offer them a unique way to do that. Um, solely relying on in-person, uh, they're going to have challenges in terms of meeting the needs of their, their clinical roster. I think, there, I think there are different ways to do it. But the pressures on therapists right now are, are through the roof. And I think we have to, as we think about how the system develops, ensure that they get the support. Uh, that they need as well to make sure that their mental health is in the right place as they're treating people for their mental health issues. As, as you framed up here over the last year, especially since uh, the, you know the need has, has really exacerbated the concerns here that are on. Uh, what's the uptake on this? Are people more comfortable with this? Because I, I've noticed in, in conversations we've had about mental health issues in the past, Joe, uh, there's a certain reticence by some people to say, I, I, "I really don't know if I'm comfortable talking to somebody about this." But a virtual meeting, a, a thing of that nature, uh, might be that buffer that could give them that comfort level. What are you finding? So with, with Inkblot, they're consistently seeing. EAP utilization levels uh, near 20%, which is almost double what mm-hmm. the traditional EAP industry and EAP's employee assistance programs, they're seeing double what the industry typically sees. So obviously there, there seems to be a comfort level in terms of people using that stream that, that Inkbot offers. Their direct-to-consumer offering 
has been utilized aggressively over the last year. Uh, so that's just people, quite frankly, stumbling upon Inkblot when they're looking for mental health support via Google or Bing or some other search engine. Um, so the, the comfort levels there. What we've what we've seen in our plan member survey was that, uh, especially amongst the 18 to 34 demographic, almost two thirds of them don't just want but are demanding digital mental health services in their plan. So like that that group, I think they've grown up with the stigma busted to an extent, so they're comfortable yeah. using it. So we're definitely seeing strong utilization from that cohort with digital solutions. But we are starting to see an uptick as well in older demographics that typically would have relied upon face-to-face or telephonic or not sought help at all. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, in terms of people seeking help, it's all it's all a good thing, Bill, that they're, that they're out there looking for, for solutions. But I'm trying to connect some dots here because we've seen data that indicates that that demographic, that 18 to 35 demographic, that previously may have not wanted to get involved with this and didn't want to reach out, are doing it in, in larger numbers now. And certainly the pandemic yeah. plays a part in that, but also the fact that you're providing them a platform that they're already comfortable with. Exactly. Right. Like the, the other thing was they, this is a cohort that is not I mean, they've grown up with with digital phones or mobile phones in their hands since a young age. Right. Especially those that are at the lower at the younger end of that of that cohort. So they're used to getting services delivered to them digitally. The idea of, you know, getting up, driving, taking the train or the bus to an appointment and seeing somebody face to face was was not really something that they were comfortable with, but making these services available digitally, giving them self-directed tools, assessments, gamifying aspects of how mental health is delivered has clearly resonated with this with this cohort. And regardless of kind of service stream, whether it's EAP or ICBT, we've seen more people from that age demographic utilize the services over the last year, year and a half as, as these have become more ubiquitous. One of the things that uh, that makes Green Shield so important, of course, in this whole process is you guys aren't just looking at the here and now. Uh, you're always looking at the horizon. Uh, give me a little crystal balling here. Is, is this going to be, and I hate to use the trite phrase because we use it so often, is this going to be the new normal? I think it's going to have to be built into a, built into the system as, as, a, as a normal expe- accepted part of how, of how healthcare is delivered. Um, one of the things I'm happy to see our governments are definitely increasing funding for digital mental health services and digital health services, um, but they are wanting to see that these services are integrated, controlled, and targeted, and they're and they're looking to see that see these services actually get integrated more deeply with the in-person, inpatient type of services that we're, we're more traditionally used to. Mm-hmm. So I do think they'll be part of the system moving forward. I think you know what we need to do is ensure that some of these different streams are integrated so that we don't have siloing in in the healthcare space so that. You know, for instance, if somebody's going down an EAP stream and it makes more sense for them to move to ICBT, we want to make sure that they're able to do that. At the same time, we want to make sure that they're able to potentially fill scripts. Uh, so there, there needs to be digital pharmacy solutions available. We, if they need to see a physician, we're not, we need to make sure that they can also track over to a telemedicine solution. So I think that's going to be the next big step forward in terms of where this all goes. I think there's going to be a level of integration and, and some level of consolidation in the private sector market. But I, yeah, Bill, I, I see this as a, a big part of the system moving forward. I don't think we're going to backtrack. Well, as, as we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, I mean, this is a, such a huge, huge part of, of the recovery. And I'm talking about individual recovery and, of course, economic recovery and societal recovery yeah. on this. And uh, and you guys have pivoted. And, and that's the the big takeaway here. I mean, you're ready, willing, and able now to provide that service uh, that's going to be needed for some time. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us. By the way, just a, a quickie here on the end of, of this. Uh, if people want to get more details about this, where should they go? Uh, I, I would suggest they go to inkblottherapy.com if they're looking for okay. more information about uh, the delivery of, of inkblot services, which range from EAP to direct-to-consumer digital therapy. 
Uh, I also suggest people check out the Ontario Government Structured Psychotherapy website. There are a number of free resources available, including Beacon and other ICBT providers. Uh, and then always feel free to hop on to the Green Shield website. We've got a lot of information about various digital health providers, not just in the mental health space and, and, and how, how they work and how effective they are. Um, but um, there's a ton of information out there. We just need to do a better job of, of funneling people to it. Well, hopefully we've done that with this conversation. Uh, great talking with you today, Joe. Stay well, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon down the road. Thanks for this today. You too, Bill. Thank you so much. Take care. Joe Blomley, Vice President for uh, Mental Health at Green Shield Canada. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.